Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, this is James Kotak of the Scorpions, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Rick Jockett from Finger Eleven, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, the original Talking Metal theme song by Rob Halford, recorded originally for the Fuse show. It was weird. We, we uh, through our friendship with him, I had interviewed him and kind of hit it off with him, and uh, Metal Mike was a friend, which obviously was an enormous part of us getting him to record that song. But, uh, you know, he, he recorded it, uh, and... For John and I, for the Talking Metal on Fuse TV show, we did that show. And then Fuse gotten, uh, you know, and they, they used it, I think, on the first few episodes or two episodes. I'm not sure. Uh, then they got in a feud with Halford over money. Um, and he wanted to be paid for it. He originally told us just, oh, yeah, go ahead and use it and we'll work out the details later. And I guess when the details came to be... Uh, things kind of broke down between him and Fuse, and that's why that wasn't used on some of the the later Fuse episodes. It was uh, it was on the pilot. I think it was on maybe the first episode of the first season, and then it was gone. And that's, that's because they got in a fight with him, which at the time just infuriated me. I was so upset and devastated about it. Um, but there's there's the song for you right there. Talking Metal theme song recorded for John Astronomy and Mark Striegel. Where's John? Where the fuck is he? I don't know. 
I did get some texts from him. I mean, he's just totally vanished out of my life. It's so so weird. The guy was my best friend for for decades, you know, and uh, now now he's kind of uh, just been consumed by so many other things that are going on. He's got, from what I understand, a, a girlfriend and. You know, working with Ace, working at Nickelodeon, working at Gibson. I miss him, and we hope to get him back here. We've been trying to get together. And I must say, at this point, he invited me out for drinks via text message, and I had to turn it down because my life has just been pretty crazy since Heavy Montreal. Uh, My wife is doing a a show, and she's rehearsing every night, and uh, I was working doubles. You know, I, I produce promos for a living for... We work on Kendra on top, Marriage Bootcamp reality stars, and doing some IFC again. So it's just been crazy, been real crazy. Going on a vacation with my family next week, so I don't know if there'll be any podcasts up. Uh, Going down to Disney World, that'll be fun. Yeah, so James Kotek is on the show tonight. And also Rick Jacket from Finger Eleven. Yeah, so good stuff. I mean, James Kotek, what a what a legendary guy. He has played with Kingdom Come, Warrant, and for the last 20 years has been jamming hard with the Scorpions. So having said that, let's get into a little Scorpions. This is Billy Corgan with the Scorpions, recorded or at least released back in 2007. I don't know when it was uh, recorded. This is James Kotek on drums, who was one of our guests today on Talking Metal. This song is called The Cross by the Scorpions. Cross the Christ of Mary. 
love that song. I love that song. You know, I, I kind of missed it when it came out back in 2007. But when I was working on that metal show and Billy Corgan came on, I, I was kind of checking out some of his his off the beaten path stuff and came across that. Wow, what a great song! The Scorpions, Billy Corgan doing some of the uh, the vocals there on that song, and of course today's guest, one of today's guests, James Kotek on drums. We also have Rick Jacket from the band Finger Eleven on today's show. A couple things. The band Raven is going to be at a, one of my favorite clubs in my area called 10th Street Live, and it's in, uh, it's in New Jersey. You can check out their website. It's the number 10-1-0-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T, L-I-V-E.com, 10thstreetlive.com. Check out their site. They're just a great club. They have great draft beer and great music, and Raven is going to be there. Unfortunately, this is this is this this Saturday, actually, they'll be there on August 29th. I will be away on my family vacation in Florida, so I'm not going to be there, which just breaks my heart. Uh, I do plan to be there Saturday, October 10th, when Don Jameson of That Metal Show We'll be uh, taking the stage and introducing some of his favorite local bands. We'll be playing that night. It's going to be a great night of of hard rock and, and metal and punk and whatever else they throw on the stage that night. Don Jameson of That Metal Show. Again, we'll be at 10th Street Live on Saturday, October 10th. Don will also be appearing at the Food Truck and Rock Carnival, which takes place September 8th through the 20th in New Jersey, and this is going to be a massive festival, guys. Uh, Godsmack, Faster Pussycat, Judas Priestess, the, the great female cover band of, of Judas Priest songs, uh, Slash, um, Clutch. I mean, there's so many great bands. Slaughter are playing at the Food Truck and Rock Carnival. I cannot wait. One of my my biggest uh thrills that i'm excited to see there one of the things i'm most excited to see there is i guess is what i'm trying to say in my retarded way um is anthrax will be playing some of their new material on stage there at the food truck and rock carnival and lita ford i just saw her in heavy montreal i cannot wait to see her again at the food truck and rock carnival september 18th to the 20th in new jersey let me know if you're going, guys. We gotta hang. We gotta have some beer. We gotta we gotta chill out. And the, you know the music will be loud. You know, so you probably don't want to bring your kids to the actual rock concerts. But the rest of the the carnival is very family friendly. So definitely, you know, consider bringing your kids down earlier in the day and then take them home. Get a babysitter. Come back and rock out with me and the and the bands um, in the evening. I won't be there on the 18th, actually, because I'm going to see Robert Plant in the city, but I will be there for the, the Saturday, the 19th, and Sunday, the 20th uh, shows, uh, gigs or bands. So, yeah, we'll see you then, guys. And on that note, let's get into my interview with James Kotek of The Scorpions. Their new record drops soon. I think it's uh, September... 11th, so uh, he tells us during the interview. So, yeah, this is a little, just a little sound sample of new Scorpions music. Um, it's called We Built This House. I wish they sent me the record. It's, it's pretty strong. There's a great song on there called Crazy Ride, which I'd love to play for you. 
but since the album isn't out yet, I don't think I should. Um, so we'll stick with this. We built this house, uh, just a, a minor sound sample of new Scorpions music, followed by my my interview with James Kotek. This song has uh, been premiered on Eddie Trunk's site. I think you can watch the whole video there. Again, and here's just a, a little sound sample of it before we hear from the one and only James Kotek, drummer of the Scorpions. us together Faith and believing is the key to store up forever The baby you and I where every reason on earth To know and again it's always us against the world against the world When Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and on the line, joining us from the Scorpions, we have drummer James Kotek. How are you, James? Great, Mark. How you doing, man? It's a beautiful day in Southern California. Oh, I bet it is, though. I just, on yep. Eddie Trunk's website, uh, checked out the, the brand new video. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about the song and, and the album to come. Uh, first, how about, how about the video? Can you tell us a little bit about that song and the filming of the video? Yeah, we actually shot that back in, I think, January or February. We shot it in Berlin, and it's uh, to the song We Built This House, which is our first single, which has already been released like in Europe and other parts of the world. And uh, it's coming here soon to America, and uh, the album comes out September 11th in in uh, the U.S., and I'm super excited about it. It's a great album, and uh, we're kind of, we've kind of been on a roll here, you know, for the last few albums. Things are going great. Cool. Now... You mentioned going to Germany to to shoot the video. Do you spend a lot of time in Germany working with the guys? Because you're obviously a, a California guy, and they're obviously a, a German band. Are you over there a lot to do work with them? Well, the band's based out of Hanover, Germany. You know, Rudolf Klaus Matthias still live there, and uh, I live here. And uh, a lot of times we just meet there, and then we uh, go to wherever – we need to go, or uh, you know, but we base out our head over Germany. It's like the center of our universe over there. And yeah, I do spend a lot of time in Germany, but we actually don't play in Germany very much. That's the funny thing. Uh, you know, the last few months we played in uh, Geneva and Barcelona, London. Uh, you know, a couple shows in Finland. We played one in China. I just actually got back from uh, uh, we played in in Seoul, Korea, uh, last Saturday or last Friday. I don't know. My head's spinning from all the flying, but. Uh, it, it's we're just based out of there, but it's, you know it's a good place. We actually have a gig there though this coming next Saturday or next Friday. So uh, there you go. Cool. And the you know we've heard the single on, on Eddie's site, but let's talk a little about the the album Return to to Forever, the the whole collection of songs. What can we expect sound wise? Is this a, a return to old form? Are you is it a modern sound? How how do you describe the the sound on the new record? I think to me it's classic hard rock Scorpions. Uh, no 
you know, no screwing around with lutes, no drum machines. And this album started, it was uh, meant to be as an outtakes album, where, where the, uh, going back and taking, like, you know, oh, there was three songs left over from Blackout. There was four songs left over from uh, Love It For Sting. And it started out that way. And, uh, but, you know, we all said all along, like, there's a reason those songs are outtakes. And, you know, so what's, there's, there's a few courses and a few things here from there. But basically, it's a brand-new album. Um, just with a few of the older older ideas from, from well, I want to call it Judgment Down, I want to call it older. And um, it's classic Scorpions Hard Rock. And, of course, we have some incredible ballads on there. And uh, I'm super proud of it. And Klaus sounds better than ever. Excellent. Good Good to hear. And, I, I mean, I know you haven't been with the Scorpions this long, but the, the press release that was sent to me is saying that the band is, is really now going on 50 years since Rudolph first founded the band as, I guess, a very young teenager. I mean, that's just, wow, that's an incredible number, 50 years. Um, but you have are going on 20, right? I, will 2016 be 20 for you? Yes, don't figure that. Uh, I actually did some recording with them in 1995, but we don't count that. So I'm like, I'm a, it's 20 years, it's, and it's amazing. Because, uh, you know, most bands don't even last five years. And but Rudolph started in, like you said, 1965, and then, uh, you know, he hooked up to be Lee John Roth, and of course, Klaus had to be the singer. Uh, Rudolph went after him uh, with a vengeance, and it just kept going and going and going. And, but that does say a lot about, uh, you know, the German, work, the German work ethic is alive and well, and I'm super proud to be part of this band. Yeah, and uh, I mean, 20 years, wow, that's quite an accomplishment. And the, the album Pure Instinct, going back about 20, almost 20 years ago, what was your involvement with that record? Because I know, like, you go to Wikipedia and, and you're not actually listed on the record, but then on your site, you have it under your discography. So can you clarify what your involvement with that record actually was? Well, at the time, you know, that was around 94, 95 was when Herman was debating leaving the band. And they weren't sure what was going to go on. And so rather than just make a snap decision, uh, well, one thing they did, it was being produced by Keith Olsen originally. And as you know or don't know, I've, I've played on about probably 16 different Keith Olsen productions, as well as he did the second Keith and Con album. And so Keith said, well, hey, why don't we have James play on some tracks? So back in the old days, they actually physically flew the masters over. I put drums down on about, I don't know, maybe four or five songs. And, uh, and, you know, kind of forgot about it. That was in, like, September of 95. And then all of a sudden the phone rang around February and said, hey, it's uh, the manager. If you want to come over and play, play with the guys, they go, wow, I forgot all about that. So it just didn't work out uh, for me to be on the album at that time. But uh, there are some tracks with me playing on full ground somewhere. Right. That, uh, I always like that album very much. So I, I wish I had been on that album because it would have been – uh, it would have started right away, but I did do start the, the tour that year in May, and then it just never ended. Cool. And now, Kingdom Come, uh, all, another band out of Germany, right? Now, were you tied in? I mean, you're obviously an American guy, but were you tied in somehow to the German hard rock metal scene? Uh, well, no, actually, uh, I, I'm sorry, your your Skype was breaking up a little bit. I, I don't know, I heard it was something about Germany. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, Kingdom Come and the Scorpions, these are these are all German bands. Back in the day, were you, being an American, how were you tied in with these German bands? How, were you a part of the German hard rock, heavy metal scene? No, well, to clarify, uh, Kingdom Come was, was actually, it was 
but we were all, it was four Americans. And then our singer Lenny was from Hamburg, Germany. Okay. And even though all of our, all of our names, you did Johnny B. Frank, Danny Stegerwald, James Kotak, Rick Steyer, it's all German names. It's just coincidence. But, uh, Lenny's full on from Germany. So it's like, I can't seem to get away from him. <laughs> right. But I'm very proud of that. And, and you know, it was just a, a thing. You know, I mean, I'd never been to Germany. Lenny moved here to LA and the manager, you know, did basically a cattle call and I was fortunate enough to get the gig and then onward we went. So that was really a really exciting time. Right on, and there's so many other just really big names in your in your catalog and your history. You did work with Michael Shanker, Warrant. Uh, you did one of the very early uh, DJ Ashba records, right? Just called Ash Ashba. Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, uh, I, you know, to keep my chops up, I played with different bands around LA. I sometimes you play, you know, play some clubs and do cover stuff. And there was this band that used to play up up at this bar. And uh, their singer was great, who that turned out to be Chaz, who sang at Bottom. And right. I met DJ, and he and I just really hit it off. I go, dude, you're great, man. And uh, at the time, man, you know, I, I had a, a little little money, and I, I said, man, dude, he started playing me these, these instrumental demos. I go, dude, these are great. You should make an album. So I thought at the time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a producer. So I took DJ in. We recorded the song. And uh, I'm really super proud of it. Uh, unfortunately, not I don't know whatever happened with it. it uh, he printed up some copies, but he might have made a bad deal with the, the wrong person. And that was it. But that was, that was a really fun time then, you know. Are you still in touch with him at all? I know you're kind of tied into the L.A. rock scene. So do you still run into him and or have dealings with him? Yeah, I saw him uh, about a year ago out at the um, Vegas Rocks Awards. I, host, I co-hosted that. And... Um, you know, we talk here and there, but, but, you know, we're always so busy going in other directions. But I know he's now left Guns N' Roses, so I don't know what his plans are. I think he's going to focus on uh, 6 a.m. But, yeah, we're still friends and stuff, man. It's pretty cool. Cool. And you also had some involvement with Warrant. It was kind of a, a, a strange time for them, you know, in the, in the mid-'90s. What do you remember about working with them? Uh, do you have fond memories of that? Well, the, the, the way it came about is uh, – I have very fond memories of Janie, and he's just one of, still one of my favorite people to this day. One of the most talented people I've ever worked with in my life. The guy is just was a songwriting genius, and he just actually just passed his, uh, his death day. I think it was yesterday, the day before. It's been five years. I can't believe it. Um, but Kingdom Come and Warrant toured together. And at the time, you know, uh, just after that, this is when Grunge came in and started coming in full swing. But Janie was writing all the solo material, so he asked me and Rick to play on it. So we started playing on it, and then one thing led to another, and then the Warren album was due, and they said, well, why don't you guys just do the album? So we did that, and uh, Janie's solo stuff went on the back burner, and basically we just ended up joining the band. Uh, the drummer was out, and uh, I was in, and Rick, uh, I think, uh, oh, Joey, Joey was out. He was done with it. And Rick was in. Rick Stiles was my very good friend still to this day, and we're both in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, it was just a, a lot of fun. Uh, I wish it would have lasted longer, but sometimes business things make you have to make decisions you don't want to make. So, uh, but I had a blast, man. Jamie's just the best to this day. Yeah. Now, were you touring with them when they did the the Vince Neil uh, Slaughter tour? Where you, it was like the three bands out on the road. Were you on that tour? No, I, I was in. I, I only played like maybe about. I was probably two solid years with them. Okay. And again, I was just like, it was like, I had to make a business decision whether, you know, I mean, 
well, for sure, when you're not getting paid, what's the point? Right. So uh, I had to bail out on that. But uh, I, I, I used to still go see him, and I'm still friends with him now, man. Uh, that uh, singer Robert Mason is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, let's talk about the I, I don't know if I'd call it a solo band. I mean it's obviously the band with, with, with your name, Kotak. What's the status of that? Well, originally, you know, it started off as uh, I was writing all these songs and playing you know, I, I really suck on guitar. I'm terrible. But I, at the time I was just really infatuated with uh, the Green Day Dookie album. When that came out, I was like, oh, I'm gonna write an album like that. So I did and at the time I was with Athena and uh she's like, Oh man, you should let's you should make a band. I go, okay, cool. Well, I, we got to get somebody to play drums because I'm going to sing. And so she decided she played drums. So uh, that was called Crunk back then, K-R-U-N-K. But then uh, as years went on, the rappers hijacked that term. <laughs> right. And uh, I ended up doing like four albums. And I'm really super proud of all four of them. Two of them were produced by Tommy Hendrickson, uh, the guitarist from Alice Cooper, and he produced all kinds of stuff. And I, I just kind of like the, the last couple of years, I said, I'm going to focus 100% on Scorpions. And, uh, you know, because running a band is isn't a full-time thing, you know, and uh, I only have so much time to go around. So uh, it, it's always it's always there, but after four albums, you know, I've toured countless times on that, and uh, it's a lot of fun. But again, you know, financially, it's not always a reward. So I'm not in the business of losing money. <laughs> Cool, I got you. Now you mentioned your your ex wife, uh, Athena, and you were seen numerous times on the uh, the ex wives of of rock TV show. Did you enjoy that experience being part of a, a reality show? Well, you know the thing is, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it very much so because we were in the, the process of trying to rekindle our relationship and make things happen. But what it, it, if you haven't done reality TV, it, it's like one huge therapy session. And I've done plenty of therapy over the years, but this is different because you're doing the, the show and it's like a, it's a therapy session and you're getting paid to do the therapy session. So I actually really enjoyed it very much so and got a lot out of it and, and have had fun doing it. And I would do it again. There's talks of a couple different shows uh, that might come through with myself and her or just myself. And so we'll see. But that's a really was a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. And are they, is that still in production? Are they are they doing more episodes, or maybe you don't know? You know, there were three seasons. I was involved in season two and a lot in season three. And right now, I think it's on the back burner, but I'm not really sure what's going on. I still don't want to say that. You know, if you have a chance, go back and watch some of the episodes. I feel like a funny chick, man. Yeah, yeah, so, no, I, I, cool. I, I really got a kick out of the show. I mean, I didn't when well, I first started watching it. I, I didn't really know what to make of it, and then, you know, they're 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 really dynamic personalities, <laughs> and you start kind of, uh, you know, you know, falling for them on the on the show. So it's a, it was a fun watch, definitely, definitely. Well, good. One perfect. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, let's talk about the tour. You guys are going out on the road uh, with Queensryche, Scorpions and Queensryche on the road. Um, are you a big Queensryche fan? You know, I like some of their songs, you know. I, I don't really think that's a song that I didn't like. But it's not, not I have a uh, kind of an iPod collection or anything. But there's right. plenty of bands like that. But they're really, really good. We, we, uh, we saw them, I don't know, some about two years ago, man. And uh, it's really been really good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And what do you think we can expect in the way of uh, a set list on the upcoming uh, U.S. tour? 
Well, of course, you know what we if you of course you can go online and see what we've been playing. It's going to be a lot of that. But that when, when in the U.S. though, we always exchange a few more American uh, songs that we don't we don't play like in Europe. Like most of the time, we don't even play no one like you in Europe. It's crazy. You wow. Take that. But uh, it's a different market, and you have to adjust your 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 set list for that. But of course, it's going to be all the great classics. Um, you know, some new stuff some middle stuff <laughs> going out here and there. And and we also go back and we, we put together this incredible blowout 70s medley that uh, just covers like four albums. It's like, it's just, it's great. It's insane. And uh, the band's playing better than ever. Uh, Klaus sounds like a, a gazillion million bucks. Rudolph and Matthias are killing on guitar and we're just having a blast, you know? Well, I can't wait to see you guys. I think it's September 12th in New York City, Brooklyn, actually, you'll be playing. Uh, and I will be there for Queensryche and the Scorpions, and it's going to be a, a great night. And I uh, hope to say hello to you that night, James. Matt, of course. Please come back and say hello uh, beforehand, and let's, uh, I look forward to meeting you. Cool. And thank you so much. And, uh, again, we're looking forward to the new record. Um, give us the release date one more time. Uh, it's September 11th. Okay. Oh well, that's. And, I think the uh, day before the day before the uh, the show in New York. So that's great. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we're actually in New York City the 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 day before. I think it was kind of planned around that our release in New York City. And I'm super excited. Also, you know, there's a, the movie we 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 finally did a great movie that is filmed. If I could just uh, talk about that for just oh, a second. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they started filming us in uh, 2009, and it was supposed to have been like a farewell tour, and. Uh, they followed us from 2009 through 2013, and you never know what you're going to get with these documentary-type things. And we've tried before and with not much success, but this one came out great. It's called Forever in a Day, and uh, I have to tell you, man, it really captures the real Scorpions, the personality, and it has a great underlying sense of humor about it. And it just it's, it's really a great movie, so whenever that comes along on DVD, you've got to check that out. But uh, Return to Forever, September 11th. Awesome. Thank you, James.
Get It On by Kingdom Come, James Kotek. Yeah, it's weird. I, I guess just because Lenny was from Germany, I always assumed Kingdom Come was like this this German band. So there you go. I'm an idiot. Kingdom Come, actually uh, a band from the States that uh, had a German lead singer. So very good. All right, let's get right into my interview with Rick Jacket. The band is 5'11", and Rick Jacket is their guitar player. They have a great new record out called Five Crooked Lines. Really some some good rocking stuff on, on that record. Like this song, Gods of Speed. Again, this comes off of the Five Crooked Lines album by the band Finger 11. And after we hear this song, Gods of Speed, we are going to hear an interview with Rick Jacket, one of the guitarists in Finger 11. Somewhere, but it's not here. Screaming into the sky, I feel 
Hey, this is Mark Striegel from Talking Metal and checking in on the line. We have Rick Jacket from the band Finger Eleven. How are you, Rick? I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good, and I'm excited to talk to you about what's going on with the Finger Eleven. Let's start off with the the new record, which came out just recently. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, and uh, tell us the title of the record, and then we'll get into um, some of the stuff, like who you worked with on the record. Yeah, um, the record's called Five Crooked Lines. It came out about two weeks ago. It's the result of about four and a half years of pretty intense writing. Um, we were we took some time off the road, and we just uh, really spent some time focusing on the, the writing of the songs and, the, and that kind of thing. And uh, it just took, you know, it took a while to write, but then once we sort of got all the, all the songs, we sort of felt like we're necessary. Like, really, the writing process took a bunch of turns, and we went back to the drawing board a few times. Mm-hmm. So it, every, like, you know, it was almost like a three steps forward, one step back kind of thing, and we we write five songs, and, you know, maybe one or two of them would actually stick. But it might be a good enough song or a different enough sound that would inspire a whole new sort of style of writing. So the writing process sort of became pretty intense, but it was something as as it went on and as it sort of unfolded, it would um and the the song quality and, and the sort of focus just kept getting better. And then we finally got to a point where we felt like we had the right amount of, not the right amount, but the right songs, you know, and right. that turned out to about, to about 30 songs. And we, um, we took it down to Nashville, so yeah, which was really quite a, quite an experience. Yeah, and, and working in Nashville, you worked with a guy who, I mean, I consider kind of a hot producer right now. Can you tell us who that is? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we did a record with Dave Cobb, and, um, yeah, I agree. He's a hot producer for sure, and there's a reason for that because he's a really, really good producer. Um, but yeah, what, what happened in that instance was we we were in love with a record he uh, had made by a guy named Sturgill Simpson. Okay. And um, that it was, it was a country record, but it was this really cool, non-typical country record, and we it had this really great production and this just this really cool vibe about it, and, and we just fell in love with it and we listened to it and um, quite a bit and then when it, get, it got to this point where we were ready to make our record or you know start talking to producers about the record his name sort of came up and it was on the list and we were just like oh wow like, that's that Dave Cobb like the guy who did Serge Simpson he, he's on he's a possibility to be a producer for our record we were so excited because we knew if he could sort of like make this kind of sort of non-atypical, like non-typical, uh, sorry, non-typical country record. We were, we were looking to try and make a non-typical rock record, you know, not, a, not your everyday sort of modern day production kind of thing. So we were so excited at the possibility of working with him. And then we got on a phone call and it was really just, it didn't even take five minutes and we knew this is the guy. So cool. He basically he basically said to us like, "Listen, man, I got some time. If you want, if you can pack up, get in your van, and get down here to Nashville by like next Thursday, we can do this." You know? 
Cool. And now he's done, you know, you mentioned country stuff. You know, I know he's worked with Wailing, uh, no, uh, Shooter Jennings, and, uh, and he, yep. he's done uh, amazing stuff with California Breed and, and Rival Sons. Uh, how, how aware of his entire catalog were you before you started working with him? Oh, we were aware. I, I think we were aware of a, of a, of a few of the bands, um, but we weren't sort of aware of exactly how diverse he really was. And, uh, that was something that we've always sort of like looked for in a producer because we, we, we're not, we never really just sort of stuck to one sound or looking for one specific thing. So we want someone who has some diversity and is willing to sort of apply that to our music. And and how involved was he? You, you I guess we're only working with him for a couple weeks. Were you sending him ideas ahead of time? Uh, was he was he involved at all in kind of structuring the songs, or was it more just uh, you got in the studio and and he helped you get the sounds you wanted? Well, it was a bit of both. Um, he he wasn't involved in like the uh, the, the writing and the arranging, but when we got down there, we. We were sort of the same thing because we, we we sort of thought, thought the same thing because we spent so much time writing the songs. You know, we were like really they were really precious to us, and we you know we we didn't want to screw it up in the recording process. So we were really you know how are we going to do this? There's a lot here. There's a lot of writing. We thought for we thought for sure it'd be like a typical like hey we'll we'll send him the demos and he'll listen to them and they'll have ideas for the chorus of this song or the bridge of this song or blah blah blah. And what happened actually was. He was like, "Yeah, you know what? We'll just work on it when you get here." Right. <laughs> we were like, "What? What? That doesn't seem like." And so, what happened was the actual pre-production just ended up being the actual recording of the record, and there were some changes, uh, you know, that he had made on the record. But it all happened so fast; it it really just was this. Uh, yeah, it really was just this um, really cool just vibe that happened and very spontaneous, you know? Yeah. Cool. And, uh, yeah, well, sorry. again, the, yeah, it, go ahead. No, no, yeah. So what, so we had all this writing done, but you know, what he really helped us do is pick the right songs from the, from the, the record, the demos we made and sort of shape the record in a, spe a special way kind of thing that, um, sort of helped us sort of see like, you know, cause we, we've written so many songs that the sort of style of record we could have made could have been many different styles. We had written enough songs that we could have put out like a, a softer record or a poppier record or, you know, and, um, he sort of felt like the strongest songs. And I think we agree with them were like the heavier songs. So we, with that in mind, sort of set forth and, and, and tried to make a, a nice, kind of old school rock heavy rock record you know right on absolutely and and the sounds on the record i think uh, are are just great classic hard rock sounds mixed with some great songwriting i i think the five crooked lines record by fingers finger 11 is definitely worth checking out um and we recommend it to all the talking metal listeners but i i, I want to move now talking about the band finger 11 you guys um have been a band for an incredibly long time. I mean, we're going on like a quarter century here, I, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how, and, and when I look look at the band members, 
I think four out of the five guys have been there for like you know that that twenty five year block. How, how do you guys keep it going for for so long? I mean, because at least you know in the states. You really aren't. Uh, you never really broke through to the superstar level, if, if if you will. I know you have a devoted fan base, but you know it's. It, I would imagine there's been some challenges through that that time. And uh, what's the secret to keeping at least four guys together for that long in a band? Um, well, there's a couple things. I think the the the, the first the, the really most important point is the fact that we're just we're really good friends. Uh, you know, we were friends before the band started, and this, you know, this was our first and only band we've ever been in. Right. It was the band we started in high school as friends, you know, and so we all, the four of us, you know, we've changed drummers over the years. That, that's just sort of happened, but the four of us have always been the, the core members of the band, and, and we have a lot of respect for the band because, we, you know, we built it up from, from nothing. You know, it started with just us, <laughs> you know, in a room and it's built to something that we never even could imagine it would have grown into. And so over the years, like, you know, the, we have this sort of like love of the band and we said, sort of none of the members ever sort of put ourselves before the band. The band always is put before ourselves. And that's, uh, that kind of philosophy has been a real blessing when it comes to like trying to work through things. Um, that's one of the reasons and then another thing is we've always just really done what we needed to do to keep ourselves musically stimulated. You know, I think maybe over the years we've caught flack from fans because we've changed our, the style up a bit on them, but that's one of the most important things we needed to do as a band to keep ourselves just interested in and, and not bored. You know, that's where I think bands get in trouble is when they stop trying really hard on the on the music side of things and, and they get caught up in the LVO stuff and, and then you, you tend to just be putting out records that you're uh, you're not really 100% behind and then you get stuck on the road touring and playing these records that you're not 100% behind and, and it just sort of spirals out of control and for us that was one of the main reasons on this record we spent so much time writing it because you know this far into our career we know we knew we wanted to make a special record uh, not just for the fans, but for ourselves as well. And, you know, we were willing to take whatever time it took to actually achieve that. So, Cool. And you guys are still based out of Canada? Or? Yeah, yeah. We're, um, we grew up in a small suburb of Toronto called Burlington, Ontario, where some of the guys still live there, and then a few of the guys live in Toronto, Ontario. So, Cool. Now, when you look back over the, you know, 25 years you've spent in Finger Eleven, uh, again, a very long career. What, what are a couple of your highlights of, of your career so far? Um, there, you know, there's been so many neat uh, things that have happened to us just through the power of, like, music, just from being in a band. You know, we find ourselves in all, getting taken and put in all these crazy situations. Like, we played the Miss uh, USA pageant, and that was pretty interesting. <laughs> you know, wow. that was a pretty cool experience just you know it was such a huge television production and just sort of to be there in the midst of it all and actually be on stage for the performance of like it was that was just that was a mind-blowing experience because it was just such a place where we never you know thought we'd end up because it's such a you know mainstream television kind of show and and to sort of be there playing our rock music was such a strange experience yeah um, but it was but it was really a cool experience um 
And then on probably, the, for me, the highlight, the thing that really stands out is uh, we, we did a, a cross-Canada tour with Ozzy Osbourne. Wow. In uh, the 2000s. And it, it was, that was like one of those like dream come true kind of like scenarios because the band, you know, was made up of Mike Borland from Faith No More and Zach right. Wild. And, and that was the tour that um, Jason Newstead was playing with them when Robert Turturro went to Metallica. Oh right, right, and uh, and so for us, like that was like a, I mean, from our that was as much of a super group as you can get, and we just got you know we got to go on this tour across Canada and, and watch these guys every night and sort of learn from the best and you know just be part of this really great tour and that that was one of the the, the, the coolest experiences I think we've had. Wow, very good. Are you a big Ozzy fan? Oh. Yes, one hundred percent. Ozzy, I'm big Ozzy and Sabbath fan, and just that's why. Like, I remember getting the the phone call from my manager. I was so hungover on a Sunday morning, and we got this phone call. And it's like, hey, you have a chance to open for Ozzy. I know what the answer is, but I'm just calling to make sure. <laughs> cool. like, and I was like, if you're screwing with me right now, man, I am gonna be so pissed. You know what I mean? Awesome. I was like, you better not be messing with me. And he, he's like, no, nope, this is the real deal. We'll be in a couple weeks. And I was like, wow. What a cool experience! What's your favorite Sabbath record? Um, uh, it changes. Uh, I love Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Yeah, that's probably my favorite record. Awesome. But it does change, really. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> well, Rick, thanks so much for joining us. And again, the, guys, the band is Finger Eleven, and the new record is very, very strong. It is called Five Crooked Lines. It's out now. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. And what's the best place, Rick, to get in touch with you and the band online? Um, you know, just through our Facebook page is, is probably the best nowadays. I mean, my, my and our Twitter, you know, um, it's it's all just Finger 11, you know. And then I think Twitter's Finger under, underscore 11. And then I have my own personal Facebook page, uh, Rick Jacket, and my Twitter is at Rick Jacket. So, you know, just... It's pretty straightforward, and uh, you can sort of find us everywhere. So, awesome, cool. Well, thanks so much. And what about? Uh, I know you you were out in the road recently. Are you out in the road right now? No, we literally we literally just got home uh, about four hours ago from oh, wow. from about a six and a half week run, uh, and then we're home for a couple of weeks, and then we sort of head back out and do it all over again. So we're very excited. You know, we because we took all that time off the road to write the record. Um, you know, that was really not a necessary step, but the road is somewhere where we lived for a lot of years in a row, and we really started to miss it. And um, the six weeks that we were just out was something, a great reminder of how much fun and how much we enjoyed just being out there and playing. All right. Well, good stuff. Best of luck to you, Rick. All right, man. Thank you very much. I feel amazing.
just heard was the song blackout song that's the name of the song blackout song and the band finger 11 features of course rick jacket we just heard the interview from him cool blackout song good stuff good stuff finger 11 i'm gonna be they've been around for 25 years and i've been completely oblivious i will now have them on my radar and and will be uh, sure to try to catch them live and stay up on their career because, again, Five Crooked Lines, their new record is good. Again, the band is Finger Eleven. The new record is Five Crooked Lines. That song you just heard there, Blackout Song. Speaking of Blackout, we had uh, earlier on the show a a great interview with James Kotek, drummer for the past 20 years of the Scorpions. Uh, Of course, this song is over 20 years old. Uh, He does not play on this song, but it is a classic Scorpion song, so I think we got to play it. This is Blackout by the Scorps, and that's going to end today's show. Please support Talking Metal with a PayPal donation or by buying a T-shirt in the merch section on TalkingMetal.com. We also could use your help with uh, our Amazon links. Just go to TalkingMetal.com and click on over to Amazon through our site, and we get a little kickback on that. And uh, trying to, to break 100 bucks a month on that. Uh, we haven't been doing that on a regular basis yet, but we're getting close, and I do appreciate your support. It, it helps uh, with everything. I mean, we're now we got the Spreaker page, which we pay for, uh, so we're posting one MP3, actually numerous MP3s there because we do a no-music version of the show now. Uh, and then we have a second MP3 that, that we host uh, on our private location, which goes out through iTunes and Stitcher and other stuff. Um, the RSS for that is built on another site using, you know, 2005 technology. So we have a lot of costs, server costs and website costs. And and our goal is just to one day be able to break even on a regular basis. And any support you can give us using the Amazon links to make your regular Amazon purchases or a little PayPal donation using the PayPal tab on the site uh, or buying a T-shirt or just giving us a like on Facebook. Anything you can do to help spread the word is helpful. Thanks, guys. This is Blackout by the Scorpions.
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.